Welcome to Talking New Energy, a podcast from LCP Delta, the new energy experts. In the podcast, we'll be exploring how the energy transition is unfolding across Europe through conversations with guests from the leading edge of the transition. Hello, and welcome to the episode. To decarbonize heat, at some point, customers will need to replace a natural gas boiler with something else, more efficient and lower carbon. A mix of carrot and sticks are likely to be required, and there's debate in Brussels at the moment about whether a large stick will need to be introduced at the European level that requires natural gas boilers to be replaced with something more efficient than a condensing gas boiler. Now, such a stick's actually on the cards in Germany for 2024, and there's a huge amount of discussion and debate about this topic. So to explore it, I'm joined today by two guests from the European Heat Pump Association, who, as you can imagine, are deep in the Brussels and European discussions. Josephine van Becklara is Head of EU Affairs. Hello, Josephine. Hello, John. And Melanie Ovray is Senior EU Affairs Advisor. Hello, Melanie. Good afternoon, John. Now, let's start by understanding the discussion in Brussels. So, Josephine or Melanie, would one of you like to uh, explain to non-Brussels experts exactly what's being proposed or debated or put forward in Brussels at the moment. Yes, I can start with also giving a bit more um, of the background. So um, we have the target to achieve climate neutrality um, by 2050 uh, in Brussels and to reduce our emissions by 55% by 2030. And in that framework, a range of legislations has been proposed. So um, the Renewable Energy Directive, the Energy Efficiency uh, Directive, all revisions of those directives uh, to achieve uh, that target, um, mm-hmm. as well as also the emission trading systems um, and also the energy performance of buildings directive. So um, push, pushing forward on a lot of different things to meet that 55% and that target by 2030 and that 2050 target. Exactly. So that's really the broader framework. And it was always with the renewable, um, the climate and energy targets uh, in the back of, of, of their heads. Or yep. That was really the broad uh, yeah, target. But then you had the invasion of uh, Russia into Ukraine, mm-hmm. um, which yeah caused a new type of uh, problem or a new type of issue. That was how do we get more independent from Russian fossil fuels? And as a reaction to that, um, the European Commission published the Repower EU package, which set very ambitious targets for heat pumps, among others, but also um, yeah, other measures to reduce uh, our gas use and to be more energy efficient. But then suddenly also heat pumps were seen as um, yeah, important for our energy independence and not only uh, good for uh, our energy and climate targets. So a new aspect was added. And in that framework, in this, this uh, Repower EU package, one of the things uh, that was proposed was um, to um, introduce a phase out of uh, standalone fossil fuel boilers um, via eco-design. Okay, so your jobs have got a lot busier in the last years, I imagine then. Yes, we saw also the market really uh, evolving a lot. So in, in 2022, we saw an increase of sales of, of 39% in heat pumps. So now we have a total stock of 20 million heat pumps in Europe and sales last year were 3 million. So it's really, really 
growing a lot. And also as the European Heat Pump Association, we see a lot more requests from journalists, from researchers, from policymakers. Yeah, to say it in short, in the past, we mm. were often knocking on their door to, to say, listen, heat pumps are an important technology. And now they are coming to us because it's it's becoming uh, yeah so important. So, so for us, it's a big change. So tell us a bit more about this phase out of fossil fuel boilers then, because there are so many households in Europe that have a natural gas boiler, condensing boiler, and when it needs replaced, are used to just replacing it with another boiler. So tell us a bit more about the plans to phase out fossil fuel boilers and what's involved. So the eco-design plan is actually not so new. And eco-design has been here for so many years and they have been phasing out inefficient um, technology, heating technology, but it's also on other technologies. And and here, what the Commission is proposing in its proposal that we saw two months ago is that they go for a minimum energy efficiency requirement for all liters from September 2029. And, and this minimum requirement is high enough so that it results in a progressive um, phase out of the standalone fossil fuel boilers. And this is where it will happen. So the eco design is driving the energy label, if I understand right, or this A, B, C, D, E type rating. Is that linked to eco design? It goes in pairs. So you define the minimum energy efficiency via eco design, and then you inform the consumer via the energy label. Yeah. Um, and the proposal is that by 2029, the minimum standard would mean that you can't just place a natural gas, a fossil fuel boiler with purely another fossil fuel boiler. Is that correct? Exactly. So on all EU wide. Yeah. Um, and then that needs to be, uh, that's a European directive that then needs to be put into national law or does that each country then have to do that or each country automatically does that? How does that work? It's automatically applicable. It's a minimum requirement that is put on uh, the manufacturers. So the manufacturers will not be able to place any more um, uh, only alone uh, boilers on the markets, on the EU market anymore. Okay. Um, so that is, that's quite a big thing. I mean, it's, it seems to me like a very sensible step on the journey that we need to take to decarbonize heat and to meet the targets you described. Um, what's the debate like in Brussels around this? Is it causing controversy? Is everyone in agreement with it? Is there lots of devil in the detail when you start looking at exactly how it's going to work? Yeah, maybe I can start with a bit more the general. Um, yeah, and th there's a lot of debate about this. And it's also, it's not only linked to, um, it's not only in eco-design, but also, for for example, the energy performance of buildings directive. Already there, you have a lot of debate on this because this is a directive which will have to be implemented then uh, by the member states, but also there now there's negotiations between the council, the parliament and the commission on, yeah, on the final text. And uh, things that are included there are, for example, the ban on subsidies uh, for fossil fuel heating systems. Also a phase out date in general for uh, fossil heating, which could be between 2035 and, and 2040. Um, and then also... Um, yeah, more for uh, when a renovation happens or when a new uh, building is being built, that also there, there would be um, a ban on standalone fossil fuel boilers. But this is 
um, yeah, really still in discussion. And this is very linked to to eco design because the one is really via buildings policy, and then yeah. eco design is really more on the efficiency, or really on eco design is product policy. So that is really the products that can be placed on the market. Whereas uh, in, in uh, the energy performance of buildings directive, it's really the whole how to make our buildings more energy efficient. And already there, we saw huge debates also in the European Parliament between the difficult different uh, yeah political groups. Um, yeah, which which technologies should still be included, which not. So the trilogues, um, no, the negotiations between the, the different mm. political groups who come to an agreement in the parliament took a really, really long time, were really difficult. Um, so, yeah, and now the trilogues have just started. So these trilogues are the, the, the negotiations between parliament, council and commission. They just started beginning of July, but they are expected to be very difficult as well because, yeah, because exactly of, of, of this issue um, that for yeah, countries where there is still a, a lot of um, yeah gas boilers, also uh, countries with more uh, low-income households, for mm. example, this seems to be more tricky and for certain political groups as well. So, yeah. so would you describe if on one end of the spectrum, Josephine, you've got perfect consensus across Europe, across everyone, the different countries, the council, the parliament, the commission, and at the other end of the scale, you've got complete non-consensus. Uh, where would you say we are on that with this? I would say we're rather at the non-consensus, <laughs> not okay. completely, but I would say, um, yeah, or towards that end. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it's very tricky. Because also, of the because of the sort of factors you described, where yeah. Not, yeah, yes, we also see that the elections are approaching, so the European level elections, but also this goes together with some in some member states also national elections, and this is very. As you say, yeah, it goes immediately into people's own houses, so to yeah. say. So if you, as a politician, proposes, uh, a lot of them are, are afraid to, yeah, that this would uh, come back at them uh, during during the elections. So they don't often dare to make a clear pro climate, uh, pro yeah, more energy efficiency, uh, yeah, uh, decisions. And are there? I don't know how much. Uh, you want to give examples of countries that are really supportive or countries that have got concerns? Is that all public at the moment? Or could you bring the debate to life a bit through some of the, the different points of view? From the eco-design side, we, we are at the moment discussing it with the different stakeholders. So you have the NGOs, the industry and the member states. Um, we all submitted our written yep. comments to the commission uh, about a week ago now. The commission is... Uh, studying it um, and in in this group of member states you see three groups different groups um, one group that didn't submit their formal responses yet they're still i guess discussing it uh, we know that in this group there okay. are many member states that are quite positive but they are looking at exemption and looking at how can they improve the proposal of the commission so we are waiting for them. Then we have another group that is quite significant still of yep. member state against the proposal because they want a bottom-up approach and looking at local heating and cooling planification, uh, considering uh, their um, countries and local specialities, uh, spe yeah, specificities. Um, uh, they, they are also yep. willing to have a, a technological um, neutrality approach 
rather than having one technology. And there have many worries on the transition, uh, mainly pushed by the gas industry. Uh, many worries around the heat pump, how they can be installed mm -hmm. in renovation case. Uh, many worries about the electricity uh, electricity grid uh, capacity, also about uh, the heat pump feasibilities with multifamily houses, things like that. And then you have a last group, the third group, yeah. that is in favor of the proposal of the commission, but they think that is not possible at once and they want uh, some kind of exemptions. They all propose different type of exemption, and now it's the commission that needs to, to see where we can have an agreement in some kind of exemption. So exemption on space constraints, exemption on local regulation, exemption on uh, buildings, type of buildings, things like that. And we don't mm. have... As Josephine uh, for the EPBD, we, we don't have per se, and it's middle. It's we don't have a position per se right now. Yeah. Okay. So three quite distinct groups there, but all of them talking about the the detail of exemptions or practically how can this work? Um, I, as the EHPA, are you worried about exemptions that you could end up this, with this being so watered down and so many exemptions that it has no teeth uh, left at the end of it? Yeah, maybe I can take this indeed. For us, these exemptions are actually out of the question because we have a technological solution. There is a, the heat pumps work for mm. all these different types of buildings. Also, we brought our uh, experts uh, as EHPA. We also have members from research institutes and universities to really show that to the member states. Uh, for example, we know that France has a lot of questions on the heat pumps in uh, multifamily buildings, so in, in apartment buildings, to show all the solutions that are possible. Um, so for us, these exemptions are really, yeah, this would indeed water down the whole uh, proposal and it's out mm. of the question because you have a solution for every type. You also have different types of heat pumps adapted to all these these, uh, yeah, these questions that the member states might have. So this we have shown repeatedly, um, yeah, but still we, we faced with these, uh, with these questions. And maybe I can add as well what is super important also for the heat pump sector. So now we have seen that there's 5 billion of investments announced by heat pump manufacturers and also fossil fuel heating manufacturers that, that are switching to heat pumps, that are building new factories, that mm. are adapting production lines to really move to the production of heat pumps and we really need to sustain that investment to really yeah keep this going on in the long run and if and for that we need policy clarity yeah this yeah. goes on all types of levels but having this clear eco design uh, proposal would be a very clear policy signal also for for the consumers for the installers for the manufacturers for the whole sector okay this is the way to go we fully stop producing fossil fuel heating systems we fully go to um to uh, heat pumps so it's clear for everyone and we just go for it uh, i was going to ask how much is um, you're naturally interested in the heat pump angle to this but in countries like austria you have lots of pellet boilers um there in other countries in southern europe solar for example solar thermal could play a role um not just in southern europe so there are lots of technologies even before you go to the topic of hydrogen boilers which i know is a, a, a probably another angle to this but how how much is this a heat pump debate and how much of this is wider can you help our listeners understand uh, a bit more around the technologies involved so 
from the eco-design point of view, the solar thermal uh, device, they will still be allowed. They are actually one of the technology that will allow some of the boilers to be still on the market by doing an hybrid system. Hybrid system will be allowed after 29. So a boiler uh, condensing natural gas boiler with a solar thermal would meet the meet the requirement? Yes, indeed. Yep. Uh, similarly to um, a boiler with a heat pump. Yep. They will still be allowed. So it's not a ban on or a phase out on gas. It's a phase out on inefficient technology. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So there's a whole range of technologies that could meet the new Eco Design uh, minimum performance standard. Maybe I can also add to that that of it's very much yeah a heat pump debate because the heat pump is really applicable all over Europe from north to south, from east to west. We have a lot of heat pumps, for example, in Scandinavia. Also in the southern countries, you have a lot of heat pumps because heat pumps cannot both do heating and cooling. Yeah. Whereas for solar thermal, of course, they are more used in countries with more sun. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, they are yeah less used in, in Scandinavia, for example. And then biomass there, you have uh, more questions on the sustainability of the biomass use. So that's why I think it's more about, yeah, focused on heat pumps, but indeed these technologies are also uh, still there and it's purely product level efficiency. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And how, I don't want to get into the details of this, but how is hydrogen being factored into this discussion or is it not? It's not really. Hydrogen is a fuel. So what we are discussing is rather like an efficiency uh, part of the technology. We are not discussing about the fuel. We are technology neutral yep. we are focusing on the efficiency of each technology but we are not looking at the fuels we are not looking at each part of technology that we want or we don't want it's just neutral yeah okay so it's a conversion of the fuel exactly. to the useful heat or the useful cooling that's important okay so that gives us a really good picture of the discussion i'm interested a bit whether germany is figuring much as an example of what can be done because Germany is probably ahead of most other countries or uh, certainly at the front of the pack with what it's proposing for next year. Is this helping? Is this showing what's possible? Or is there so much contention in Germany that this is just leading to more contention in Brussels? Exactly. I would say what you just mentioned. So what we really would not want is that the same very politicized or very political discussion that happened in Germany, mm. really also with all the newspapers, magazines involved, that this becomes the same type of discussion um, in, in Europe, because we saw also so much misinformation, really. Mm. It was really a bit of a fight in the media uh, so this is really what we we should avoid and in germany i wouldn't say that this is really okay the proposal initially was a good example but now the final compromise that they reached uh, last week and that they now are finalizing the text it's really weakened um a lot so i don't think that's really the direction is a good example to show that that's where they mm. want to go but now it has been watered down a lot so I don't think that's really the, the aim to go for. And also, yeah, maybe now uh, I speak a bit um, yeah, on behalf of Melanie, but if we look at also Germany's position in the debate at the EU level, they would want exactly the same as what's going on yes. in also at EU levels. Yeah, having gone in one direction, they don't want the European level to go uh, direction to be different from what they've done. Yeah. 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 Um, and for those of you not familiar for listeners not familiar with 
how European policy has developed. I think one of you mentioned before, you've got the European Parliament, you've got the European Commission, you've got the Council of Ministers. Um, where's the power? Who, who actually decides this amongst those three? Or is it always compromised between the three? Well, there here. So, in general, uh, for directives and regula- regulations in general, you have the co-decision procedure, where it's usually the Commission that proposes something, and then the Council and the Parliament have their position mm. and debate, and then they come to a final outcome. But eco-design is a specific, a different procedure. So, there, Mil- Melanie can explain a bit more. For eco-design, before going to the consultation of the Parliament and the Council, the turning point of eco-design is that the member state experts, so the member state representatives sent by the government, will have to vote on the proposal of the commission. And there you need a majority and 65% of uh, the population, the EU population, so that the uh, compromise goes through. So it's really, the turning point is coming close. Uh, We are guessing that it's coming after summer because there is no way that we find a compromise right now with the holiday season. Yeah. But it's coming really soon. Okay. So there's no there's no veto. Um, it's at 65% of the population. As long as that agrees, then the eco-design uh, standard will happen. Are you both very confident that there will be a big step forward with eco-design or is it still... How do you, how do you read it? How we're verging into the crystal ball question, but let's I can't wait to to that. I want to get your views now. How do you see that eco design vote playing out? It's not going to be an easy task. The commission is uh, looking to have a major discussion after summer. They are also working right now on a compromise with potential exemption uh, to add it to this proposal. Mm. We still the the same ambition, but adding some type of exemption that will not water down the the text. Um, and the presentation will happen in September. We hope that it will gather enough member states, looking at our data and the information that we have on the the, the different member states. It, it's something that is doable. That to try to convince all of them and mm. to also debunk all the lies that were circulated around by the other industry and to prove that heat pumps are here ready uh, we are investing and the technology is there and this is something that we are working on over summer and on autumn also so does that mean you two uh, i hope you both get a summer holiday still but you've got a very busy summer ahead <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah the member states representatives also want some holidays <laughs> um What's it like to be in the middle of all these discussions? Because this is really, I think, a really pivotal time in decarbonizing how weather and how we push forward in decarbonizing heat across Europe. For question for both of you, what does it feel like? Is it is it a pressure cooker? Is it exciting? Is it frustrating? How would you describe it? For me, I think it's super exciting um, because as I mentioned a bit in, in the beginning already, in the past, we were really hope or asking for our technology to be recognized. We were really a bit uh, shouting from the, the sidelines, like, here we are, look at us. It's an important technology. It's good for for um, air, air quality. It's good for energy efficiency targets. Yeah. It, it adds renewables and so on. Uh, but now suddenly we shifted from 
trying to get recognized to get this full recognition we're also part of this net zero industry act which is a the yeah the the proposal of the commission to um yeah to push more for manufacturing of clean tech uh yeah industries in europe and heat pumps are one of the six technologies that is clearly mentioned so now we are really on like the scaling up of the of the sector of the industry so it's a completely yeah, different situation. It's super exciting. But what we also see now that we are finally been taken serious is that it's also becoming really a threat to other yeah existing uh, technologies. Uh, very yeah, uh, to say it very clearly, the the, the gas yeah. sector. So suddenly we are a real threat. So we see, for example, also in the media, all these myths going around. Ah, oh, heat pumps do not work. Uh, they are they do not work in cold climates. All these type of things, which are absolutely not true. For example, in Scandinavia, you have more more heat pumps than in, in in the other European countries. So it's really a lot of also yeah, fighting back or a lot mm. of yeah, having to to explain and to really yeah. Yeah, come up with with good explanations on on why these these things are not true and why they do work and really yeah. It sounds like a, a fascinating time, I must say. And um, yeah, um, now I think we have to bring out the talking new energy crystal ball now because we've described we're coming up to this pivotal moment, um, and I think listeners will be really interested to look forward and see where you think we'll be. So uh, I'm going to set the crystal ball now to 2028, um, which is just before that 2029 period. Actually, no, I'm going, to, I'm going to change it. I'm going to set it to 2030. Let's set it to 2030 after that 2029 uh, timeframe you talked about. And I'd like each of you to give me your own prediction about what will be in place at the European and national levels, and what this will mean for us people listening in Europe when they need to replace their, their heating system. So um, let's go for 2030, where what will people who are listening who've maybe got a natural gas boiler in their homes, what would they have to do if they need to replace that in 2030? Uh, Josephine, let's go with you first, and then Melanie, you. Um, well, I think there will be for sure close to 60 million uh, additional heat pumps. That's really also the target of the Repower EU. Uh, we've asked, also asked our national uh, associations and they would see in a conservative business as usual, uh, 43 additional um, 43 million additional heat pumps. So it will be between 43 and 60, but I think closer to 60 because we see all policy really going in that direction. What I don't think is that it will go from one day to another. For example, that this eco-design, um, yeah, I hope, but I'm afraid it will not be the case, that there will be no exemptions at all and the ban um, or the phase-out will be there in 2029. So, But you will see that everything really goes in, in that direction. Also, you have the, the emission trading system being in place as from 2027, so that will have an additional effect. Uh, so that will mean an, a carbon price on, on fossil heating. So that will also have an effect. Um, and we see more and more also at national levels, for example, what happened in Germany, even though it's watered down, it still shows the direction. And you see now there's also a public consultation going on in France on phasing out fossil fuel heating systems. You see this really yeah, in, in, in the Netherlands as well. You have this hybrid heat pump uh, action plan. And it's really yeah something, a debate that is coming up more and more. 
Um, so, yeah, I think the direction is quite clear, could be clearer with even clearer policy signals. But, yeah, I think there's no way around it anymore or no, it, yeah, we will not go back to, yeah, complete uh, fossil fuel. Yeah. Okay, so pragmatically, we'll probably have some exemptions, but there's enough political momentum, enough desire that in a lot of countries, people will have to do something. The stick will be there, the carrot will be there, and that 20 million heat pump number you talked about at the beginning, installed base will have gone to 40, 60 um, out of 120. What's the number of homes, households in Europe? 116 million. So now heat pumps provide around 16% of the European buildings, and then yeah, yeah 30%. 50%, something yeah. in that range, I would say. Okay. And I guess just to put a bit of fuel neutrality into it, that could be, most people will think of a heat pump, ah, electrically driven heat pump, but it could be a thermally driven heat pump that still is 150% running on natural gas, maybe running on hydrogen in the future, but it's not necessarily a fuel war, it's an efficiency focus. You're right. We, we haven't talked about that, but we say heat pumps, but we have many technologies for it on the mm. heat pump. When you say heat pumps, it means also hybrid heat pump or thermally driven heat pump yep. or electric heat pump. Yeah, it's about squeezing every bit out of the fuel as we can. Okay, well, I wonder if listeners of the podcast are now thinking, hmm, will there be an exemption in my country or my building or am I on this journey as well? And I think probably from what you both said, most listeners will be on this journey if they're replacing their, their boiler. Uh, in the next, uh, what are we now, 2023, so in the next seven years. So we hopefully on the journey to ratcheting that efficiency up, squeezing every bit of uh, performance out of the fuel input that we can and uh, reaching our our decarbonisation of heat goals. We're well on the, the way to doing that. Josephine and Melanie, two things. One, thank you so much for your time and sharing uh, the intricacies of what's going on in Brussels at the moment, bringing that to life, which I think is important for all of our listeners to understand and know more about. And secondly, good luck over the summer. I hope you get a break and good luck in uh, the nitty gritty discussions about um, the standards, the exemptions, the details of all of this. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, and thanks as always to everyone for listening we hope you found that useful and it's given you food for thought uh remember if you're enjoying the podcast please rate us wherever you listen on whatever platform you listen to the podcast on and you can send us ideas for future episodes at talkingnewenergy at lcp.com thanks very much and speak to you soon bye-bye if you enjoy the podcast, then please rate it and share it with your friends and colleagues. If you're as passionate about the energy transition as we are, then you can keep in touch with us and look at our research insights, podcast transcripts and download reports all at www.lcpdelta.com.